0: Welcome to the Get Inspired with GERD show, brought to you by GERD's Hundle. Join us each week to be inspired, informed and uplifted with some of the most inspirational and motivational guests from around the world. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay inspired. Hello and welcome to another show of Get Inspired with GERD's. I'm your host, and today I have a stunning, inspirational guest with me. She's one of the most inspirational, motivational speakers out there, and what she's doing is just unbelievable. What this lady has been through is just shocking itself and how she overcame it is just absolutely inspirational. She's going to teach you how to overcome these situations and um, but she's gone through physical, emotional and sexual abuse. She was also homeless at the age of 16 and now uses her story to teach and educate students across London that to dig deep within their within themselves and harness their inner greatness. Halima welcome to my show and thank you for joining me. Hi thank you so much for having me oh it's my pleasure Halimi you have so much to teach and it all stems from your past can you tell the listeners what have you been through starting with your childhood well I was born in
1: Newham into an Arab Muslim family and I was born into a household that was quite broken at the time so I endured a lot of physical abuse and emotional abuse at the time my whole heart I I all over the place at the time, so. But I mean, I don't know how to summarize my childhood lived in a few moments. But from the age of, from the time I was about five to about seven, I lived with my mum and dad, and they were together at the time. You know, we traveled eight years old, with my father, and that's when they separated. So within those times, uh, my whole life was a wreck. That I left school quite often. I missed a lot of school. And when I did go in, there was always curiosity
0: about the bruises and the cut that I had. Oh no! So my dad at that time, pretty
1: much, you know, he trained me really pretty well to be able to lie and come in and say, I hurt myself or I fell because it was just, it was all over the
0: place. <laughs> there was no way. Um, wow! Wow. So, what you said that you obviously you travelled. Where where were you, where did you go?
1: I went to Syria Damascus. That was my first stop with my dad, and that's where he married, and remarried at the time. Okay. And then from there we travelled to Egypt and then back, and then back and forth from England and onwards for a few years until I was about ten years old.
0: Wow! Wow! That must have been a very interesting yet confusing journey for you at such a young age
1: for a young person you know sometimes some things just you know they go over your head but it felt like a film like a movie it was just so surreal it did. It was confusing especially missing out um, not knowing where I was going to be I didn't see my dad as soon as we travelled and we went to another country I was given to a Another family to stay with. What? It was quite difficult. It was, it was two worlds colliding together. But it did it did help me understand how to live and communicate with other people. Definitely did help me in that sense.
0: Hmm. And so, when did the physical and the emotional abuse start? Um,
1: definitely around five years old. That's as far as I can remember. Gosh... That it was pretty, really bad. You know, I definitely used to have blackouts. Um, (gasps) It went, yeah, it went. It was pretty severe. My mom was always high on something at that time, and it was very difficult for me to understand. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand it right away as a child, but as I grew up older, as I grew up, I used and I started to remember that hey, mom always had a bottle here something there to get high on and mm-hmm. and when she was sober she wasn't a very nice person at all. Mm-hmm. But when she was on something she was actually quite nice. Mm-hmm. Many years later I did realise and find out that my mom did suffer from a lot of mental health issues but my father couldn't understand it and so it was a very unhealthy relationship and so us children
0: and suffer because of that. Okay, so do, would you say that it, she had a lot of troubles growing up herself within her family? Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Um, I definitely now understand why many, many people end up hurting others and doing many things that seem of oh, their as well. And um, I don't know much about my mother, but I do know that she never went to school, so she was very uneducated. And so her world was limited. She did suffer a lot of abuse. Um, But I never got to sit down with her and discuss that initially. But my siblings do tell me when she does open up to them.
0: (laughs) It's it's interesting you say that because what I've come to realise is that Parents don't realise what we learn at the age of 0 to 13 is what we think is normal. So if it's physical, it's emotional or it's sexual abuse, Mm -hmm. that becomes your world. And as a child, you haven't, you don't know anything better. So I can imagine yourself growing up thinking, Oh, this is normal. This is my life. But actually, how did you, how how old were you when you came to, to realise that your world wasn't normal?
1: Oh, I think that was about probably 11, 12. It, it, it wasn't earlier than that. Before that, I thought everything was normal. My reality was just so abnormal, but that's how I thought every family functioned, you know. And when my mom reacted sometimes really badly, I just thought that's just the way it is. She did show love and affection. As a child you immediately forgive your parent, you know.
0: <laughs> um,
1: that's what you look for. You initially look for love yeah. and attention and so you forgive immediately. You you immediately forget and forgive.
0: Yeah. I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. It's Yeah. It's 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 a difficult one within the ethnic minority. Um background because i find that a lot of young people are damaged and it's the reason why it is because of their parents because they, their parents have a lot of issues themselves that their parents have led them to have as well so if they're not dealing with their issues they inflict them onto their children and
1: 100 100 agree
0: with that and the sad thing is it needs to stop someone needs to cut, kind of cut the break and say you know what it's okay what you've gone through but you can change your life around so then the next generation doesn't have to go through what i went through but it's it's, a, it's, a, it's going to take a long time for that to change. And I can see that with within the community. But so, obviously, your mom started. And you, what, what about on your dad's side? Was there any kind of...
1: No, my father was um, a wonderful, wonderful man and father. I mean, he always showed love. He never showed anything less than that. Even if he raised his voice, I was such a daddy's girl that I would cry straight away, you know, if he tried to raise his voice. So he was really, really good in that sense. He, he was an orphan by the age of 10. And so he wanted a big family. And he'd absolutely disagreed with the way she thought. My mom thought that that's the way you discipline your children or so on. And so that caused a lot of problems. My abuse continued when my father remarried my stepmom. She was the one that doubled, tripled, quadrupled it, you name wow. it in that sense. Wow.
0: So once you realized that this wasn't right, what did you do? Or did you do anything at that time?
1: No, I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, you're trapped emotionally, you know, you're full of fear. And fear is the number one killer in a sense, you know, spiritually, emotionally. I grew up with so much fear. You can imagine, uh, I used to tremble and shake whenever something went wrong. There was always a lot of fights in the house, a lot of fights, police, you know. There would be a lot of mess. And so I just learned to be able to switch between two worlds. I almost developed an, at that time an alter ego from a very young age because that was the way I had to cope, you know, that was my coping me- mechanism. So,
0: would you say that obviously at home you're quite a quiet girl, but in school you're pretty loud because you're trying to deal with the issues that were happening at home?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my school reports always read, she taught, you know, like. Uh, Talks a lot, chats a lot, you know, stuff like that because I was very hyperactive. People used to call me, believe it or not, when I was about year seven, year eight. I had my friends say, Oh, here's Hyena, you know, because all I did was laugh laugh, 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 like Hyena, laughing crack jokes. My school was my playground, you know. (laughs) So I was just very, very hyperactive. I definitely released everything until the three o'clock bell went.
0: Wow! No, I can, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah it's interesting because it's funny you say that. Because when I was in school, I remember there used to be a lot of loud kids, and I remember thinking there must be something not right at home. There must be surely there's a reason behind why they're behaving the way they're doing it. It's it's true. When I look now at back at my my kind of age, a lot of the young girls and the guys they had problems in their families, but it was their way of masking the situation
1: and dealing with it. <laughs> Absolutely, I think it's just about trying to fit in, trying to release some sort of, you know, things, and trying to have fun, because knowing that when that three o'clock bell goes, there, there will be, there will be problems, you know. And now, when I do speak and teach, I always, always focus on the children or the young people that I see, who react when I'm there to speak with them the the ones normally the jokers of the class or the hyperactive ones would immediately calm down and listen and really focus mm. because it you know really re- they relate to it mm. and I think a lot of people that, just as you said there's a lot of people that I remember as well were just like the way I was or even worse <laughs> but it, it it does make sense it's just they you know I think it was about attention and just finding finding some sort of way to express yourself when you couldn't express yourself at home or anywhere else.
0: Yeah, I guess it was that kind of way of releasing the frustrations that were happening at home and just yeah. feeling like they belonged somewhere at
1: mm-hmm. the time,
0: because obviously at home they didn't feel like that sense of belonging and yeah, it, it absolutely makes sense. So, you know, you, you were homeless at the age of 16, so what, what, what happened?
1: Well, at that time I had a choice. I had a choice either to stay in the abuse that I was enduring mm-hmm. to or to leave. And uh, at that time, I was extremely suicidal. You know, I really, really was deciding whether to end my life or leave. And my choice was to leave. But I had a lot of faith that somehow, somewhere, I was going to be okay. But anything, anything at that time was better, better, much better than what I was experiencing. I couldn't handle it because I realized that I was, I, I broke down completely, you know? And at that point, when you realize that you're so close to do something, you know, that extreme, then you start, you're not fearful of anything else. And by that time, I've seen so much, experienced so much pain that nothing scared me, you know? And I was so naive, so I was afraid. Of the outside world. I mean, I remember the only thing I knew how to get a bus was to from home to school, from school to home. And that's all I knew. Wow. You see? But, but, it, but it was the best desi- decision <laughs> I decision mm-hmm. ever made in my life. Wow. It really was. It was the best thing I've ever decided to do. And it was attacking that fear of, you know what? Mm-hmm. I can't stay somewhere just because it's safe, somewhat. Just because I have a roof over my. My home at that point was worse than the streets, you know, that's how yeah. it felt. So.
0: so what What did you do? So you obviously left home and did you have a support network or?
1: Yeah, I had a support, uh, somewhat, you know, I had a, a brilliant friend at the time and she gave me um some time at her home, in a family home. I slept on the floor, I slept on the couch, but... In the end, I had to find my way out again. (laughs) And so I was able to find myself a place and rent and got myself a part-time job. So things looked better, but I was um, extremely depressed still because the world itself I had to face now. And I haven't healed yet, you know. So it was very, very difficult for me. It was like a doggy dog world for me. It was I couldn't believe it. For me, I thought everyone was nice, everyone was kind, you know, outside my naivety was just beyond. And so it was a big, big shock, a big awakening.
0: It's, it's, it's interesting what you're saying I, I totally relate I, I remember the first time I got a part-time job and I thought yeah everybody will be nice yeah. no, It's the opposite it taught me the biggest lesson of my life it taught me
1: <laughs> <Isn't> it? <laughs> so
0: much and that actually people are not that nice in the, in the outside world that they will actually insult you they will hurt you they will play games and you have to be very Quickly have your head screwed on at an early age to realise that That's you amazing. have to look after number one. Mm. Because, yeah, it's a very... you Don't get me wrong, you will get a lot of nice people out there, but it's very rare when you do find them. Majority, they just don't care, do they, to be honest? No. No.
1: Yeah. And when you're very, very, you know, kind-hearted or soft, people will try and push you and see how far you bend. And that was one of the first lessons.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I totally relate. (laughs) But I guess that's what makes us who we are today. Because if we hadn't gone through that, we wouldn't be the strong people we are, my dear.
1: 100% agree with that. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) So I want to ask you a question. What's your definition of inner greatness?
1: Inner greatness is... Being absolutely unafraid to show yourself, you know, to emphasize on your greatest qualities. Because most of the time we are afraid, you know, many people are afraid of being ridiculed, you know. and Even though we have skills and talents, we're still afraid to show them and say, hey, this is, this is me and this is what I do, regardless of what other people's opinions are you know, inner greatness is expressing yourself and being unafraid.
0: Mm, very powerful. Very powerful. <laughs> 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 so, my dear, you're a motivational speaker and uh, from what I know is that you're going out to schools and you're educating young people to kind of find that inner greatness. So how are you doing that?
1: How am I doing?
0: How are you teaching them to find their inner greatness?
1: Well, first of all, by expressing my story, that way I'm I hope that I can catch their attention, most of the time it works out very, very well. Um, And to just to work through the tactics that I've used personally, you know, to get really personal and connect with them and just be real. Because young people, they can feed off your energy and they can see when someone's being pretentious or not. And so when you're speaking from the heart and expressing yourself and being absolutely real, that's when you're able to really connect and, 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 and encourage them to open
0: up. Mm. Mm. So true. I feel... Because I actually... The listeners probably don't know. I actually teach over the summer to teach young people how to produce films um, with a charity. And when I tell them my story, they, they get so emotional. It's yeah. It's because a lot of people within their world are not being true to them. And I think people don't realise how powerful stories are because that is without without stories we can't help and grow one another and at that age they need that help and if someone can give them the inspiration or the motivation to do better in their life that is the perfect timing to do it exactly tell them the reality of things
1: you know show them, things and speak to them just like movies you know just like the way a, a film would do films we get touched by films especially true stories mm. you know and and young people are able to visualize and imagine so when you're able to tell your story so effectively to get the imagination going and in, 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 in return the emotional connection mm. you can't lose with that you know you can't <laughs>
0: no it's 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 so true it's I just look back at my age, and I'm sure when you look back at your age, and you see that that if somebody had come up to you and given you what you're telling them, that they would have actually changed their lives a lot earlier.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Mm. I always think that if, if during my GCSEs or just before that, if I had a motivational speaker come to the school, and not just entertain and go on about, you know, things they think we're interested in, but really speak to us, that would have completely helped me so much. And that's what encourages me now. Because I know that there's young people out there who really, really need it. You know, that one word that might just open their hearts and make them see that there is help. Because I didn't think that anyone could help me. Mm. And in return, I, I, I didn't open up to anyone. I didn't. It took me a long time. I was very afraid, you know.
0: Wow, wow. So, what kind of response have you received from the young people when you've when you've done your speeches?
1: Oh, oh my goodness, it it melts my heart. Today, I went to a school just today, Greg City Academy, and unbelievable, they were Year Ten. I did two sessions there. And the first session, I got a standing ovation and, and the tears in my eyes. I try to compose myself, you know. But it, they really, and a young boy came across the room in front of his whole class to give me a hug. And that to me spoke a thousand million things, you know. It meant so much to me. And, and, and most of the time, I do get young men and young women who come after to thank me and tell me what they thought. They don't have to, but I really appreciate it. So far, I'm I feel very, very blessed and very, very grateful.
0: Oh, wow, you've just literally <laughs> filled my eyes with tears. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started. Now. Thanks, Salima. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless. No, I, 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 it's beautiful hearing the you know what, it's beautiful hearing the strength and the clarity in your voice that oh. you know that it, it's okay that you can change your life around and that there is hope for them. And coming from somebody that works with young people, I I totally relate because it's just, it's so powerful. And if people taught this at such a young age, we wouldn't have these problems within society. They would learn their own worth at an early age and they wouldn't take crap from anybody. Exactly. Wow, wow. My tears. (laughs) (laughs) So, oh, bless your <laughs> oh, bless you as well, my dear. That's just really, really touched me. I, th- With me also having goosebumps on my arm, that just shows how powerful your story is. So <laughs> you need to keep sharing that with everyone because people need to hear what you're saying because it's inspirational, the fact that you've been able to change your life around at such an early age. That's yes. very remarkable. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> bless you. So... Obviously, after what you've gone through, when did you realise that you, you you could be a, a motivational speaker? Really,
1: you know, <clears throat> when I was in the sixth form and I was studying my A levels, we had um, we had this interesting woman who came in to take over the sixth form as the head of year, and at that time, we thought this woman must be insane. <laughs> she's trying to conquer you know she's coming in she's throwing people out <laughs> left right and center she even tried to throw me out oh wow so for a few it, it was over nothing it was just oh your GCSE points are not matching but I said to her I said to her one day but I'm studying my you know I'm studying my subjects and that right now there's no point I'm in my second year was it and I just thought wow this woman is just barbaric But later on, I realized she is incredibly powerful and one of the people who have influenced me. And I actually went back to to the school just last year to let her know and to let her know that she was one of the people who pushed me out of my comfort zone, you know. Because one day she saw me lazing about in the common room, you know, and I was free. It was on a Wednesday, and she said to me, Hey, you, (laughs) I haven't got, I've got an assembly and I haven't prepared anything for it yet. But I'm giving you one hour to prepare a presentation to, you know, motivate the year nine. I said, okay, (laughs) because I thought, okay, if I don't do that, she's going to throw me out. So I thought, okay, this will be great for university. This is going to be amazing um, practice for me to, you know, to do my presentations in front of a large audience. And so on. Oh my, by the end of that one hour, I asked a friend of mine, a class friend of mine, to come and join me and help me to do this. I was very nervous. But when I realized we went to the assembly hall and there was this whole year nine teachers and the head head teacher. So by then my legs were shaking, but it went so, so well. I had a teacher ask me to um, actually give him the presentation for the day to use, and he would pay me for that. Oh, and wow. It, so it was amazing feedback. The head teacher shook my hand and told me, well done. The other teachers were really proud. And so after that, I went on to uni. Mm-hmm. I mean, I spoke to two other years in the school, so that went really, really well. But when I went to university, I kept obsessing over it, you know. I kept obsessing, kept obsessing, and I thought, okay, <laughs> if I could do that, no. I could do a lot more, you know, I could do a lot more, and so it stemmed from that.
0: Mm, wow, that's, that's, that's amazing, it's really powerful. <laughs> yeah. Just at a young age you just knew that you wanted to be a motivational speaker, wow, wow. No,
1: absolutely, I was wow. so sure about it, I just, I didn't know how it was going to happen, you know, I just knew I needed to, to, to do it.
0: Wow, <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's, it's unbelievable. So what did you do after that? Like, So you obviously at that age you realised, I want to be a motivational speaker. What did you do next?
1: No, I just went on to um, university. I passed all that I needed to pass. And my first choice was Anglia Ruskin in Cambridge for philosophy. Mm. And for me, that was the end of everything. You know, I thought, wow, I achieved everything. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Because during that time when I was homeless at 16, that that was my dream, was to get to university. Oh. I said to myself, if I can get to university, I've made it as a normal person. That's what I used to say to myself, (laughs) I will be normal, I'll be just like everyone else, I won't look like I even suffered in life, but when I made it, surprisingly, it wasn't good enough. (laughs) I wasn't satisfied. I was in the middle of Cambridge studying philosophy and I was not satisfied yet. But amazing, amazing experience, and during that time, I worked as a TA, and that only happened because I volunteered whilst I was sixth form. So again, I spent a lot of time doing the things that my friends didn't do in order for me to have the things that that men don't have during uni, so I had a really, really good job as well. You know, I would run into my seminars <laughs> coming from another school down the road. So it was really, really good for me. It was, wow. it was um, the beginning of me believing that anything is possible. So I had to prove to myself get into uni first was one of the biggest things. And so when I did, my goals just kept growing from there
0: it's amazing. You know what we've all been rewired the same to think that if we go to university we're going to have an amazing life, everything will make sense. And actually for majority of people it doesn't make sense. They want something more. They want something better to strive for. Yeah. Yeah. And you were born to be a motivational speaker. I can hear it within your voice.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. I do feel that it, I definitely feel that it is my calling. Um the reactions, you know, sometimes we don't <clears throat> We don't see ourselves in a way, we forget. I always get very, very nervous before getting up to speak till this very day, all the time, because at that moment, you know, you forget. Mm. But as soon as you're up there and you're passionate and you're speaking from your heart, you know, it goes smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> it's Thank you. Yeah,
0: it's okay. It's interesting because a lot of motivational speakers they all do, they all feel the same. Even the top ones like Tony Robbins, um, Les Brown, they all say that they, they, they get scared before they go on stage, but that's because it's their purpose. And that's what it Absolutely. is. And you're passionate about it. And that's why you get those kind of knotted feelings in your stomach. So, yeah, you're on the right oh, path, my dear. Yeah. You're on the I, right path.
1: <laughs> you know what I think it is? I think it's the perfectionist in us. You know, you want to be great. <laughs> And it's such a good thing. I mean, if we didn't get those feelings, we would be absolutely, our ego would be beyond <laughs> belief. <believable. laughs> so I'm very grateful that I do still get very, very nervous. And I think I will do for a very long time.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it'll, it'll always be there, my dear. It'll always be there because you know that what you're doing is about to change people, people's lives. And that exactly. itself would make anybody nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah even with me still today anything that i do i still get nervous with anything that i love and it's just like Mm. oh but i've spoken to lots of people why am i feeling this way it's because i'm passionate about it and that's what you are you're passionate about speaking you're passionate about changing people's lives
1: you're right you're right
0: so how after everything that you've gone through how are you full of so much love where has that come from
1: you know there's many times where i've asked myself the same thing But I believe, I truly believe it is an intention. It really is an intention because I intend. Out of all the pain that I've experienced, the hatred towards me, Mm -hmm. I just, I refuse. I refuse to live in a world where there's no love. Why? Why should I succumb to such hatred why should I be because many people would always assume that if you've been through quite a bit you'd be you know a horrible person or believe me I've got a very very you know harsh side to myself like a very feisty (laughs) side but I've got to you know that's the way to protect myself when it comes to facing certain type of people Mm. but in the meantime you know my heart is very very pure because I want I truly just want peace That's all I want, you know, and I'm very, very grateful that I'm able to be this way because if I wasn't, I would have destroyed myself, Mm -hmm. you know, I would have succumbed to drugs, you know, I would have succumbed to many, many, many things if I didn't have that love within me and I've got to thank my father for that, Mm -hmm. my father, the orphan, (laughs) he was the one that showed me how to love from very young because if he wasn't there to show me love I I think it would have been difficult for me to show love because he showed me love so much you know many 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 ways that I was
0: able
1: that now I'm able to show love so I'm very very grateful for my father he's definitely definitely a great example of a man in that sense
0: oh oh bless <laughs> oh so sweet oh i'm sure he's absolutely proud of what you're doing and how you're helping others and raising awareness about everything <laughs> that you're doing
1: oh. sorry i didn't hear you last
0: <laughs> oh i was just saying how um he must be really really proud of you for what you're doing and how you're changing lives
1: oh absolutely i really do hope i mean i've always aimed to you know make my father proud but I know I know deep down he always is I guess he just like any man they just want their you know their daughter to be safe they just want her to be safe you know and so yeah. yeah
0: it's that it's that father love they 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 want to protect you no matter what and they want no badness to happen for to happen to you but they have to realize that you have to face the world yourself sometimes
1: exactly isn't it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah, I understand (laughs) Um, so we are coming towards the end of the show my dear so what are you the the most grateful for in your life
1: I'm grateful for the people who have shown me a lot of (laughs) a lot of pain I'm not going to lie I'm grateful for the people not only the people who have shown me a lot of love but the people who have toughened me up If it wasn't for them, for my abusers, if it wasn't for them, then I wouldn't be the person that I am today. So I'm grateful for my trials. I'm grateful for all of that I've experienced. I'm just grateful to be alive, to be honest. Mm. It's such a good feeling to be here and know that I'm here for a purpose. Everyone's here for a purpose. Mm. And I I want people to understand that you're not here for no reason. And it doesn't have to be... you know, something movie-like because your purpose could be very, very simple. Your purpose could be, you know, your family or your friends. Your, It could be anything. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the small circle that I have. I'm just grateful to be alive, honestly, for all that I've experienced. Yeah, I'm grateful to be in good health. Oh, <laughs> good health,
0: yeah. Wow. I just love it. I love you and what you're doing. I just love it because it's just... Oh, well. A lot thank of people, support. a lot of people would have just said, you know what, I've been hurt, that's it, I'm going to cut I'm gonna cut myself up and like, I'm not going to let anyone close to me, I'm not going to let yeah. anyone, but you've kind of said, Do you know what, it's fine, the situations I have in my life, they made me stronger, and thank you for that, because actually, if you didn't put me through that, I wouldn't be doing my purpose, and that's just beautiful to hear.
1: No, thank you so much, and, and, but I mean, if if we weren't faced with these type of people we would never know what um what people are like people are not evil for no reason you see they're hurting themselves they 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 have pain within them already you know and they just inflict it on other people
0: so true and i think a lot of people don't realize that if their parents are saying things to them that are negative or putting them down it's it's not a direct reflection of them it's a direct reflection of themselves. their parents are going through stuff that might stem from their childhood and actually they need to understand that they are beautiful and it's they don't need to tie in those are feelings that their parents are saying to them does that make sense like
1: No it makes perfect perfect sense. It's just conditioning you know mm. I mean you can't you can't blame your parents for being a certain way you know you can't blame them you know 100% the whole way they're a certain way because of their own experiences and they're just, they believe is what they believe is is right from the, it's just, yeah. it's, um, it's just a messed up misconception and perceptions <laughs> all together.
0: So true, it's so true. So my dear, what, what are your five top tips for someone who's currently going through either physical, emotional or sexual abuse?
1: My five tips. Number one is to start loving loving yourself. Because I realized that for me me to have walked out that house that day at the age of 16, to walk away from that life, it took a lot of self-love. I decided that I love myself enough to walk away, to not be afraid. Secondly, is to know that there is help you know there is a lot of lot of help out there there is a lot of help and do not be afraid to ask for help you know for me i had a lot of pride so i'm speaking from personal experience i had a lot of pride for someone very young i didn't want to seem weak i didn't want anyone to feel sorry for me and so i didn't i didn't really seek out for help you know because of that thirdly be patient some transitions will take a while some of them may take a long time. Some of them may take a very short time, but be patient with yourself. Be patient. Fourthly, did I say number three?
0: <laughs> Thank you, Mister. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thirdly, <laughs> try and surround yourself with people who are ready to help you. You know, surround yourself with people who are positive. People who are not in circumstances as yourself. It may seem, oh, you know, maybe I should communicate with people in the same circumstances, but that won't help. You know, communicate with people who are outside of your world so that they may help you to see something differently. Because at that time, I had a friend who was able to help me see the world very, very differently because my world, to me, was very closed, you see. Wow. And number four. (sighs) You have to put pen to paper. You're going to have to put your goals down. You're going to have to try and visualize your things. You know, you're you're going to have to imagine a path for yourself. You're going to have to do that. You're going to have to start thinking. You don't need to know how. Just put pen to paper. One, two, three. What are your steps? What are you going to do? And you will be able to make a movement from there. And five... This is um, interesting because I'm trying to find a lot of things to say at once.
0: Anyone, <laughs> <laughs> one, You <I> <laughs> <laughs> could say them. You could say the other two. If there's any other ones as well, why not?
1: Oh, so many. Um, regardless, regardless of what you're going through right now, regardless of what you're going through right now, you have to be very, very grateful that you are able. To help yourself, that you're alive, you know. At that time, I wasn't grateful for anything, mm. you know. And we we get very angry, and we have a lot of self hate. We hate everything and everyone, and and that way, we're not able to trust. But having gratitude, even for the very very simple things, and it may be very very hard, but I'm you know it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. And for those who are going through those things right now you're going to break down. You're going to go to the lowest of the low. But when you're at that point, there is no other way but to go up. There is no other way. And sometimes people, that's when they really try and help themselves is when they're at the lowest point. At that point, you have nothing to lose. So understand that it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time. You're going to break down. You're going to lose your mind. But you've got to have a purpose in there, and you've got to put yourself first. You've got to know that you come first, and, and that goes along with self love and showing love to yourself. Um, wow. That's all I can say for now, to be honest. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: if you could see me right now, I have goosebumps all over my arms. <laughs> <laughs> you? <laughs> yes. Wow. Oh. Amazing, my dear, that's just amazing. And I hope anyone who's going through any kind of abuse, please, please, please listen to what Halima is saying. It's so important. You need to learn to love and respect yourself because if you don't learn to love and you respect, people will hurt you, people will insult you. But when you know your own worth, you won't care what people think. You'll just stand up and you'll fight for what you believe in. And it's it's, it's so true what Halima is saying, so please do take it into consideration. Halima, who's your biggest inspiration?
1: My biggest inspiration, can it be anyone?
0: (laughs) Anyone you want it to be.
1: (laughs) Oh, goodness me. My biggest inspiration, (sighs) you know, to be honest, it was probably, um, I remember at the age of 12, I had to stay during summer I had to stay at my father's best friends' home with his wife and their kids because my dad traveled for for the summer. So me and my baby sister we stayed over them. They were very, you know, religious and they were beautiful beautiful Yemeni people. Absolute wonderful Arab family. I've never met a family who was so peaceful. And that mother, she is an absolute inspiration. I'm gonna get emotional. Oh
0: <laughs>
1: wow! She definitely taught me to be a woman.
0: Oh, <laughs> I feel I can feel your emotions as well. <laughs> yeah. Wow, wow! Do you know what? It's people like that in your life that that give you that hope to fight. That you know what? There are going to be bad days, but things will get better.
1: Absolutely, and and she was someone who showed me that. You know, someone as as simple, you know, they live life so simple. It she taught me how to manage and be at home and and maintain yourself and you know just simple, simple ways. And she inspired me so much, very much, you know. And um, she's definitely been one of my biggest inspirations. And uh, I do hope I to, to see her one day again. <laughs>
0: bless her she sounds like an absolute stunning person
1: oh she's like a goddess you know (laughs) in (laughs) my eyes
0: (laughs) oh bless her soul oh bless her oh wow yeah we are literally coming towards the end my dear i i do want to i can't believe how quickly it's gone i just want to talk to you more but where can i where can my listeners find you well, I'm on
1: Instagram at Halima Sharif, S-H-A-L-E-E-M-A, S-H-A-R-I-F-F, and Facebook, the same name, Halima Sharif. So if they need to drop by, drop me a message or say hello or anything, they can find me on there. And my email is also on there, which is underscore Sharif 92 at hotmail.com.
0: Perfect, my lovely. It's, thank you for being on the show. Just... I'm so proud of you and what you've gone through and, and just thank you for giving the listeners some information about that it is okay that you know even through the darkness you can see the light um, because to me, you're an absolute role model in just being a survivor in so many different types of abuse and that you've come out on the other side. so lots of love, my dear.
1: Thank you so much. I am so 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 grateful and humbled and honored um, and you've been great. Thank you so much. Aww
0: we have to catch up soon <laughs> absolutely <laughs> well you take my Litty, and i'll speak to you soon all
1: right thank you bye.
0: bye wow what an amazing interview with halima sharif just anyone that's listening out there just realise that it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, you can change your life around. It's down to you that makes the decision to make the change. So if you're going through some kind of physical, mental or emotional abuse, you can get out of that situation. The first step, the first first step is to actually get out of that situation. But unfortunately, it is the end of the show. And just before I head off, don't forget that you can find me on Twitter at IamGerds. It's a-I-A-M-G-U-R-D-S and you can also find me on Facebook at Get Inspired with Gurd's show to keep you inspired throughout the whole week. So this week before I leave I want to leave you with this quote When life knocks you down you can let it define you, destroy you or strengthen you. It's down to you to decide because you deserve to be happy and healthy. Believe that because you are beautiful and you are powerful Take care guys and I'll speak to you soon Join us each week to be inspired, informed and uplifted with some of the most inspirational and motivational guests from around the world. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay inspired.